What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Serious for God Leaders Podcast. I'm Tim Alford, National Director of Serious for God and Volunteer Youth Leader at the Source Church, Malvern. I'm Dustin Rubio, Youth Pastor of Swansea City Church and Regional Leader of Wales and Southwest Midlands. And this is a conversation designed to help youth leaders connect, think, and grow. Welcome back, everybody, to the Series for God Leadership Podcast. I'm Dustin Rubio, and I am sitting here with Tim Alford. What's up, Tim? Hello, Dustin. Great to be back once again. Let, let's switch it up. Let's just do something a little bit different this time. Tim, are you up for that? I'm up for it. Right. We're going to play a little game that's called Two Truths and a Lie. Two Truths and a Lie. Right. Tell me how to play it, Dustin. Okay. So this is what you do. Um, you're going to tell me two truths okay. and one lie, but you can mix them up. They don't have to be in, the, in any order. Things about me. Things about you. Okay, cool. And I have to guess which one is the lie. All right. Okay. And then and then do I get to do the yes, same for you? Yes, uh, I'll play All with right. you. Yeah, yeah, Okay, yeah. great, so great. Do got the same you. thing. Got All you. right, ready? Should I go first? You go first. Okay. okay. So I have once eaten a live cockroach. A live cockroach. A living cockroach okay a new york city cockroach let's just let's say that okay um i have once slid down a fire escape a snowy fire escape on a frying pan right okay and (laughs) i didn't learn how to drive till i was 28 i think the lie is the cockroach the lie was i didn't learn how to drive till i was 28 okay so tell me a little bit about the cockroach and tell me a little bit about <laughs> sliding down the fire escape on a snowy fire uh, yeah on, on a frying pan <laughs> yeah so when i was younger i had this kind of a uh, model that i lived by and it was i'd be dumb not to okay so it was a snowy day fire escape my friend owned this building in ohio and uh he had this fire escape and i thought man you know it'd be awesome to just grab something that we can slide down there and so i slid down there and uh we had it recorded this was before mobile phones and stuff early 2000s and we slid down the tough thing was at the bottom there was like a meter drop from the step down to the to the to the floor so when i fell down i bruised my tailbone oh so for two weeks i was agony and the messed up thing is the guy that that i was doing it with um he actually went down twice. So he did it and, and just blew out his, his tailbone. And then he ended up doing it again. I'm like, this guy. I'm like, he didn't learn the first time. So anyways, so that was that. So what about the cockroach? The cockroach was, I used to make uh, all the youth in New York City do these terrible games, like eating just nasty stuff from Chinatown. And so it was the last, uh, the last day of the summer. And, and so they wanted to pay me back. So what they were going to do is just have this sort of uh, McDonald's blended up, some sort of yeah, light fear yeah. factor thing, and they put it in a bowl. And so me and another leader were going to do it. And, and I thought that was kind of light. I didn't think it was a big deal. And uh, I didn't find out till afterwards, after I had just smashed this, this Big Mac meal, um, that they had put a cockroach in there. They just found it. We used to do youth in this cafeteria, this old beat-up cafeteria with rats running along oh, over on the wall and stuff like that. <laughs> so they just grabbed it and threw it so in it there. So was, it was actually a blended no, cockroach? No, the cockroach wasn't blended. Oh, okay. They found it. They mashed up, actually, the whole meal. Yeah. And then they found a cockroach, grabbed it, and just threw it in there. And then you ate it. And I ate it. Unknowingly. Unknowingly. That's rough. But there's, there, I, I think I would have eaten it anyways okay. for the okay. mob. Yes. <laughs> yeah, for the, for the crowd because of peer pressure. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So two truths and a lie. Here we go. Here we go. So I um, 
I was once given a snooker cue by the famous snooker player Jimmy White for my birthday. Wow. Impressive. I used to snowboard for Team GB when I was a teenager before my life took a turn in a different direction. Okay. And I have a pencil lead in my head. Still now. Still now. Wow. Okay. Those are some good ones. Um, I'm going to say the lie is you used to snowboard for Team GB. Is true. Is true. <laughs> is, no, is as in you're right. Uh, yeah. That okay. is that is the lie. Yeah. So yeah, that was a bad choice of words, wasn't it? Yeah. No, I used to ski for Team Exeter. Okay. Uh, but I didn't snowboard for Team GB. Very different uh, okay. thing. <laughs> so you have a, you have a, a, a snooker cue from uh, from Jimmy, Jimmy White. White. Yeah, oh, I do. Nice. Yeah, my dad met him and uh, took me to see him when he was doing some kind of publicity thing in an estate agent in Exeter, uh, and uh, somehow managed to persuade him. To, so he sent he sent in the post a really nice snooker cue with his signature on. And uh, obviously there wasn't that much going on in Exeter at the time. So the local newspaper, the Express and Echo, came yeah. to my birthday party no to take a picture of me with this snooker cue uh, that Jimmy White had given me. Do yeah. you still have it? Uh, well, my dad still has it. <laughs> 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 my dad plays snooker and I don't. Um, but unfortunately, he didn't varnish the signature. So it's all rubbed off now. But it's oh. still a very nice snooker cue. Uh, yeah. so, that, so that is true. And yes, I do have a pencil lead in my head. Where's it at? It's not that, not that this is good for the yeah. podcast listeners, yeah, yeah. but it's right above my right eye. We'll there. take a picture for evidence. Okay, okay. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so I was walking, I was just a little boy and I was walking along with a, with a pencil in my hand with the lead facing up yeah. um, towards the ceiling and I tripped over and planted the thing in my head. Obviously, it's just a small, yeah. uh, it's just a kind of small bit of shrapnel, but it, but it is still there and you can still see it. Yeah. Why not remove it? Well, because it's not real lead, is it, in pencils? So, I i mean, it's just a tiny little thing. It's not going to make any difference to my life. Or maybe it has. Who knows? Wow. Depending on your point of view, I yeah, suppose. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, there's nice. two truths. Nice. Two truths and a lie. There it is. Um, all right, Tim. So, today we are going to talk about vision. Yeah. Being a visionary. Yeah. You head up Serious for God, which is a, a, a big part of what Elam, the movement, do. Working with young people. You have... A lot of people, part of your team, you have big responsibilities. So vision is a big part of, of, of what you do. Yeah. Um, so what is vision, just to start off with? Um, I just, I, I really strongly believe that vision is one of the most powerful weapons in a leader's armory. Um, it, we, we are uh, the body of Christ. Mm. Ultimately, our mission is to fulfill the Great Commission. Right. to go and make disciples of all nations. But I, I also believe that within that and under the umbrella of the Great Commission and to serve the Great Commission, God gives each of us in our towns and in our cities and in our ministries and in our families a specific part of that Great Commission to um, to fulfill. Mm. Uh, and when we can, when we, when we catch that from God, that's the place, Dustin, where we find ourselves when we really come alive, yeah. when we understand who God has made us to be and what he has called us to do, and we do it with all of the energy and zeal and passion that we have. That's, th that is the place, I really believe, where we find and discover that life in all its fullness that Jesus, Jesus told us that he came to, to give us. Mm. Um, 
we'll talk in, in, a, in a little bit about uh, some other reasons why why why, why vision is important. But I just felt that it's this is just an essential thing if you're leading a youth ministry. God has got something for you to do, something that's specific and that serves His great commission, and um, we want to help you to find that thing. So that's why we talked about talking about this on the podcast today. Yeah. So what is vision? Uh, well, I I I define vision in this way that vision paints a clear picture of a God-ordained future that inspires and mobilizes people to journey together towards that destination. I'll say that one more time. Vision paints a clear picture of a God-ordained future that inspires and mobilizes people to journey together towards that destination so there's a few things in that it's a it's a clear picture it's not fuzzy clarity is absolutely key uh, to vision here's here's where we're going here's why we're going there here's how we're doing it It, it's clear it's a god-ordained future so it's not just a good idea that we dreamed up because we needed something to do Mm. it's something that god has called us to and he's began to speak into our hearts um uh a vision is something that inspires and mobilizes people. It, it it's something that rallies people together to say we 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 together uh, can can make a difference. We together can journey towards towards this destination. There are some other people who say it a bit more distinctly than I uh, uh, than than I do. Uh, Andy Stanley says that vision is a clear mental picture of what could be, um, fueled by a conviction that it should be. I love that. I like that. A clear mental picture. It's better than mine, isn't it? I know. <laughs> a clear mental picture of what could be fueled by the conviction that it should be. And uh, Bill High was talks about it like this. Vision is a picture of the future that produces passion. Mm. Nice, like, succinct yeah. definitions of vision. But it's all about where are we going and why are we going there? Mm. Essentially, that's what that's what vision is. And it's something that will cause people to, to say, I want to make a difference and I can be part of that. What's the difference between a dreamer and a visionary? Yeah, it's a great it's a great question and a really important one. And what's the difference between a dreamer and a visionary? What's the difference between a dream and a vision? Yeah, um, I, I would say two things, Dustin: strategy and ownership. Strategy and ownership. So, strategy firstly: a dream is something that you hope might happen. A vision is something that you plan to make happen. Hmm. Uh, yeah, a dream is something you hope might happen. A vision is something you plan to make happen so strategy is the is the first difference and the second difference between a dream and a vision is ownership because because dreamers dream about things being different visionaries envision themselves making a difference Hmm. so those two things are what really separates a vision from a dream strategy and ownership yeah that's good that's really good um so why is vision uh important um that vision uh stops stagnation and initiates action um it's very easy for us to just get into the rut of doing what we do where we do our bible study on a on a tuesday night and we do our uh, youth club on a friday night and we do our youth church on a sunday morning and before we know it we've lost sight of of why we're doing it Mm. and we're in danger if that's the if that's the case that we start to stagnate and we start to plateau but vision paints a clear picture of some of a destination that we're we're heading to. So it 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 means that we can't stay where we are now. We we have to change. We have to grow. We have to expand. We have to journey. Um, and so and so when we get a clear 
call from God and a clear picture of where we're leading things and where we're leading our young people and our youth ministries. We can't stay in the same place. We can't st- stagnate, but we but we have to take action to make to make that change, to make that difference. So it, it stops stagnation. It, it initiates action. Um, I'd also say that um, vision increases ownership. Mm. It increases ownership. Um, so l- let me give you an example. You might want to be. You might want to set up a mentoring program, for example, in in your church. Um, and we all know, don't we, the challenge of getting volunteers and we, we, we stand at the front of church <laughs> and we say, we really need some team. Uh, would, you, would you really help us out? Vision gives people a reason to help you out. So let's say you're wanting to set up a mentoring program, but if God's given you a vision to connect every fatherless young person in your youth group, with a spiritual father in Christ. Mm. That is something that people will rally around. And you see the difference. Ultimately, you're working towards the same thing. But if you can paint a picture of a clear vision, if you can stand in front of your church and say, guys, we've got an epidemic in our church, and that is broken homes. And I need to tell you that 75% of the young people in our youth group... um, they 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 don't know their real dads if obviously that was the truth of your yeah. of your and 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 that's what's going on i i don't know if you knew it but that's what's going on in 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 our church and in our youth group and so we want to connect every fatherless young person with a spiritual father in christ could you be that person could we train you up could we teach you to to mentor and could you provide a great example of what a father is so so those are the first two things uh, stop stagnation stagnation and initiates action it increases ownership two more things that i'd say is vision provides direction mm. so i think when we had laura hancock on the podcast i i use this illustration but i'll use it again um for any of our listeners who who've maybe forgotten that podcast or or didn't listen to it when we talked about the idea of imagine that you um you leave your home one day and you get in your car and you're going to set out on a journey and you put your seatbelt on, you put your key in the ignition, you put your hands on the steering wheel, you put it into gear and you drive off. But before long, you hit a problem and that problem is called a junction mm. and you have a choice to make. Do I turn left or do I turn right? Um, and the reason that this is a problem is because when you got in your car, you didn't decide where you were going. And so now you're confused by the choice that you're presented with, Mm. left or right. Now, nobody sets out on a car journey without first deciding where they're going. And so the junction does not provide a problem for you because you know the direction that you're going in. Vision gives you that direction. Mm. Um, When you're confused by choices about, you know, where do we go and what do we do? It might be because you do not have a clear vision about where you're leading your youth group and your young people. But if you've got a clear vision, many of the uh, choices that you're presented with are already made for you. Mm. Because you, you filter your decision making through the lenses of the vision that God has given you. So... Uh, vision provides direction uh, and and related to that but slightly different as well is that vision gives you focus vision gives you focus how many of us feel that we do not have enough time Mm -hmm. to do all the things in in our lives so many of us feel like that 
But let me tell you something, Dustin. God has given you everything you need to be who he's calling you to be. And that includes time. Mm. And I think some of the reason that we sometimes feel I just don't have enough time to do this is because we give our time to things that God has not called us to do. Now, and, and by that, let me be clear, I don't mean bad things. I don't mean sinful things. I don't mean negative things. Great opportunities, good opportunities, but not God's vision for our lives and ministries. Mm. And if you have a clearly defined vision, you know what to say yes to and you know what to say no to. Because anything that is, because vision then defines programming. Vision then defines uh, the the um, opportunities that you say yes to and the opportunities that you say no to. Um, vision uh, defines what residentials you go on and what residentials you don't. Uh, you know, vision des- defines uh, what what opportunities personally you will take to speak or write blogs. Yeah, because not every good opportunity is a God opportunity. Yeah. We get loads and loads and loads of good opportunities. We're we're opportunity rich. But every time you say yes to something new, you're saying no to something else. But if you've got a clearly defined vision, then it will give you the focus with which to say that is a good thing but it's and, and it's and it's even a valuable thing but it's not the thing that god is calling me to do and and god can call somebody else to do it and so i say no and sometimes we just fill our lives with more and more and more opportunities because we don't have a clearly defined vision about the thing that god is asking me to do so why is vision important it, it stops stagnation and it initiates action uh, it's important because it in- increases ownership. Mm. It's important because it provides direction. And it's important because it gives you focus. But what happens if someone doesn't have a vision? Yeah, and, and I can almost hear the, the cogs whirring in people's minds, you know, as they're listening to the podcast and they're thinking, well, this is all well and good, Tim, but I don't know that I have a clearly tevi- defined vision. And, you know, if it's, if it's that important, like you're saying it is, then, then, then how, do I, how do I get a vision? Um, and uh, that's a really good question. And, and I would just want to say a few, a few things on that. Firstly, I need to say this. Are you spending time with Jesus? And it's the most simple thing, but mm. it is the most important thing. Because if you're rushing from appointment to appointment, from meeting to meeting, to session to session, uh, from you know, uh, work uh, commitment to work commitment, and you have squeezed time with Jesus out of your life, then you do not have time to hear from God. Mm. you must you must build ruthlessly into your schedule into your calendar into your diary however you manage your time time to sit at the feet of jesus every day not to try and pry a vision out of his hand right to know him better to to be in his presence to be his child to experience the love of god to open up your bible and allow it to do that you know renewing work in your life but the product of that is that you become more sensitive to the whispers of the holy spirit and his leading and his guiding and there is there just is no shortcut to hearing from god that bypasses time in his presence that there is no fast food version of hearing from god Mm. um so the first thing and the most important thing is are you are you are you ruthlessly grinding out time 
prioritizing time in your schedule every day to, to be with Jesus. Because when you do that, your sensitivity to the things that the Spirit is saying and his leadings and his guidings um, just, just rockets. So that's the most important thing. Um, I'd also say, are you uh, uh, in relation to that, are you praying specifically, but also fasting have you fasted mm. have, have you have you built in a, a rhythm of, of of fasting in into your life um i think it's almost for, for many of us in youth ministry it's a bit of a forgotten spiritual discipline isn't yeah. it fasting yeah, yeah. let me encourage you right now to take out your phone take out your your tablet or your laptop put in a monthly day of prayer and fasting in your in your diary and prioritize it um just practice those spiritual disciplines these ancient practices which have as much value today as they did when jesus told us uh, to do it uh, and then i would say have you fully yielded yourself submitted yourself surrendered yourself to god or are there things that you are that you are still boss of in your life that you are maybe it's kind of some patterns of sin in your life that you mm. haven't fully submitted to him maybe there are some things that are positive things in your life but actually become a bit of become a bit of an idol because you mm. haven't given them to god your relationships your ministry even yeah. um are, is there anything in your life is there any area in which you are not fully surrendered to the lordship of jesus if if there is that might be something that's hindering you from uh from receiving the, the things that god is wanting to to say to you and then on a more practical element i'd say this are you spending time with people who inspire you with one. people who are uh dreaming bigger than you mm. with people who are taking faith risks that at this moment you wouldn't dare to take uh with people who uh, are filled with uh, with more passion and, and zeal and, and, and energy than you. Mm. Because when I get to spend time with, with people like that, I, I come away feeling uplifted and mm. inspired and I'm saying, okay, I'm ready to go again. And just being with people like that will lift your sights and will help you to dream bigger dreams and to pray bigger prayers and to be more audacious in your youth ministry. So spend time with people who are who are visionaries, who are dreaming dreams, who are seeing visions, who are taking risks, whose faith you admire. Get get around these people because that will only inspire you. And then and then I would say uh, another simple thing is this. Read. Read all you can. Read yeah. a lot. Re read great books. Read youth ministry books. Read leadership books. Read um, uh, like testimony books of people mm. through whom God has done great stuff not uh, as a substitute for reading your bible but yeah. as a as a supplement and an, mm. and an addition to that well what are some books um just you know just off top of the head what are, what are some books that uh you would recommend to people oh mate that's a great question I've I've read a, a lot this past year which I've which I've really loved I love to read I love to read leadership books I think yeah. that you know, God gifts us all in, 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 in different ways. When I do my kind of spiritual gifts assessment, leadership is the one that comes out on, on, mm -hmm. on top. So I, I personally, I love to read uh, leadership books. So within uh, within the last year, I've read uh, um, uh, Good to Great, uh, like which is a leadership book by Jim Collins, yeah. which I found uh, really, really helpful. Uh, I've uh, I've read The Five Dysfunctions of a Team by Patrick Lencioni, yeah. which again, I, I found uh, really, really helpful. Uh, what, else, what else have I read leadership-wise? Uh, oh, you put me on spot. Can't remember now. Um, have you read Built to Last? 
I've not read Built to Last. No, good. good. Jim, Jim Collins, I think the same is yeah. um, good to great. Yeah. Good book. Uh, and then, uh, as well as kind of leadership books, I try to read devotional books as well, which mm. helped me in my personal work with God. So uh, Simplify, Bill Hybel's book I read in the last year, which I found was really helpful. Uh, I read a book called Waking the Dead by John Eldridge, okay. which uh, challenged my thinking uh, a little bit as well. Um, uh, a friend of mine, one of our youth pastors in the movement, Andy in Huddersfield, gave me a book called The Imperfect Pastor. Um, but the best devotional book I read last year was a book called The Signature of Jesus by Brennan Manning. Okay. If you yeah, yeah, you like should Brennan. read The Signature of Jesus, listeners, I mean it will. I mean it. If you want something to envision and impassion you again, read The Signature of Jesus by Brennan Manning. It's, it's a it's a great book. Um, uh, and then of course youth ministry books as well. I yeah. like to read youth ministry books too. So yeah. um, I I have to say one of the best youth ministry books I I read in the last year was Speaking to Teenagers by uh, Duffy Robbins and Doug Fields. Okay. Really practical but great um, book about communicating uh, to teenagers uh, in, in, a, in a kind of preaching context. Yeah. So if you, if you are in a youth ministry position where you're, where you're preparing talks for uh, young people, read, read that book. It's a great book. It's, it's got the depth and wealth of a textbook, mm. but written in a much more readable and enjoyable fashion. Really recommend it to you. So, so yeah, again, so I, I try to read things that speak into my gifts. I try to read um, things that speak into my devotional life as a child of God and disciple of Jesus. And I try to read things that speak into youth ministry specifically as well. So just read all you can, because as you read... I certainly find that as I open books and I sit down to read that the Holy Spirit will begin to speak to me and and, mm. and my heart will begin to stir and ideas will begin to, to come. And not all of those are, are necessarily, a, a, you know, God ideas or visionary ideas, but certainly it's in those environments where that, that, I, that some of the seeds of those um, things begin to begin to flower. Yeah. Okay. Last question. How does, uh, how do I communicate effectively my vision to my church, to my team, to my young people? Yeah, really important question. And the first thing that I'd want to say on this is that is don't rush it, okay? Mm. So when God starts to speak to you, your heart begins to beat faster and you get your journal out and you write things down and and you you think this is it we've caught something here and there feels like a sense of, of momentum and excitement and passion and you can't wait to tell somebody about it but premature visions die um, because um, uh, Andy Stanley says this, he says that vi uh, there's a great book on vision, by the way, called Visioneering by Andy Stanley. That's probably one I should have mentioned when <laughs> in the last question. Um, but he he, talk, he talks us through um, uh, Nehemiah and his vision to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem and just has some fantastic stuff. Great teaching about vision. Really recommend you get that book. Um but he says that um, vision uh, involves two things that make vision vulnerable, and that's change and gaps, okay? okay. So change in that, the, the whole idea of vision is that you're changing something from what it is now to what it could be and, and should be, and people don't like change. So vision is vulnerable. And the other thing is gaps. And that is, I really believe this, that the call of God always exceeds the capacity of the person that he calls. So when God gives you a vision, it will require more resources than you have right now. It will require m more capacity, more giftedness, uh, more influence than you have right now because God loves it when we are in a place, Dustin, when we can't do it by ourselves. Yeah. But we have to 
throw ourselves into dependency on him. Mm. And so what that means is that you, if you've not taken the time to properly think through some of those gaps and to, there will always be unanswered questions, but to, to answer and think strategically about some of the, some of the challenges that we'll face as you set out on the journey of seeing a vision become a reality. When you get it out there uh, and people say, uh, but have you thought about this? 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 And if you're not ready to answer those questions, well, that can kill a vision. Mm. Um, so don't rush it is the first thing I'd say, but give time to think it through, pray it through, bring in a few trusted counselors and ask them to speak in to that vision and, and, and help you to consider it before you announce it to your young people, to your team, to your church, to the world. Um, and then the second thing is because vision always involves change, it's really important that you honor the past, yeah. that whenever God gives you a vision, it's to build on the foundation of the things that the people who came before you worked so hard to establish. Yeah. Uh, and when you get up and in front of your team or your young people in your church and you say, well, we're going from what this was, we're going to this, um, it can be taken by some especially if they were intimately involved in the building of what came before as an insult mm, and what yeah. was wrong with what we did <laughs> and it's not that it's n and nothing was wrong and, and so let's let's be deliberate about saying god's done some amazing things through the team before us and they've built something that's re really significant obviously it's different if you're starting from scratch but often in church life that's not the thing but let's right. make sure we honor the past honor the people who've led us to this point and not dishonor them as we st begin to talk about changes. So don't rush it, honor the past. And then um, when we think about vision, we often, uh, if, if vision is a journey from here to there, when we communicate our vision, we spend most of our time talking about there. Mm. This is, how great would it be if we got there? Let's use the example we talked about uh, uh, earlier. How great would it be if we had a, a, a functioning mentoring program where all of these young people were connected to, to mentors who were investing in, into their lives and modeling what the Christian faith looks like? Wouldn't that be great? Yeah. And we need to do that. We need to talk about how good there will be, but we also need to talk about, and this is the bit that we miss, why we can't stay here. Right. Why, yeah. why is it not okay for us to stay where we are now? Because people don't like change. None of us do. Mm -hmm. And so our natural default is to stay here, to stay where we are. So when we communicate the vision, let's say, here's why we can't stay here. We've got X number of young people who don't have a father in their home, who don't know their father and who don't have that kind of influence in their life. And what we're saying as a youth team, what I'm saying as a youth leader, is that that isn't okay. And that without some of that influence, these young people are going to be lacking something. They're, they're going to be lacking that, um, that investment. They're going to be, you see what I'm saying? Yeah. We're, 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 we're saying, we're communicating to our team, to our, to our church, to whoever it is we're communicating our vision to, we're saying, here is why we can't stay here and we must go to there. And now, now that I've told you why we can't stay here, let me communicate to you why there is going to be a really great place for us to go to. So communicate the problem as well as the solution. Communicate why we can't stay here yeah. as well as why we must go there. And then two final things before we wrap this up is simplicity. 
communicate as simply and as clearly as you can. Complexity will kill a vision. If it's too complex and people can't remember it, or people can't grasp it, or people can't take hold of it, then they'll never be able to journey with you to it. So, yeah, so be as simple and as clear as possible. You may need to, um, when, when you're communicating your vision, you, 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 you communicate headlines, not details. Uh, websites are for details. Newsletters are for details. Um, Q&A sessions are for details. A, a, a vision cast or a vision communication, whatever uh, uh, language, that initial moment of, of, of communicating vision is for, is for headlines, for clear pictures, cl- clear pictures of, of where you're going. So don't let complexity kill your vision. And then the final thing is this, communicate with passion communicate with passion communicate with 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 zeal Mm. you know it's the role of the leader to be contagious um, about the things that god is calling you to Mm. as a youth group so if i'm like well um what we want to communicate is that um we want to connect to fatherless young people um with fathers in the church and it'd be really great if you could help us okay no thanks. <laughs> you, you, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But because because if God's stirring something, you do feel passionate about it, and yeah. it is stirring your heart. And don't apologize for your passion. Yeah. But let let it flow out of you because this is something that could and should happen. And and when they see it in your eyes, and when they hear it in in your voice, and it's perceived in your body language, then that's contagious. So communicate with passion. So don't rush it. Honor the past. Uh, communicate why you can't stay here as well as why you must go there keep it simple and communicate with passion oh that's so good tim this is so good Uh, i feel like i had a one-on-one conference seminar about (laughs) about vision um so good uh our time is done um yeah so tim just thank you for your time again thank you for everything that you're doing uh i think a lot of people will benefit from from this episode uh from the podcast so uh so yeah and, and anybody who's listening to this now, if you know people that will benefit from this, please share this. This is gold. So uh, until next time, Tim. See you soon. See you. Thanks, everybody, for listening to the Serious for God Leadership Podcast. We want to make sure that this podcast is tackling the issues that affect you in youth ministry. So email us, info at seriousforgod.co.uk, and tell us what you want us to talk about. And please remember to subscribe through iTunes or however you get your podcast. And stay in touch with Serious for God on social media. Facebook, Twitter, Periscope, we're Serious for God. Instagram, Serious for God, Elim. And YouTube, Serious for God, UK. See you next time.